Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. Okay, it's noon. It's Monday. It's time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here as always. Aaron? So the Phoenix Suns fell to the Nuggets on Saturday in game one of their second round series, and we really don't need to say what the score was. And here's Monty Williams after the game. Ball just got sticky. You know, we probably shot more shots off the dribble tonight. Uh, we didn't move it the way that we're, we're typical or accustomed to moving it. And I, I thought we could do a much better job of trusting the pocket. Uh, when they put two guys on the ball, it should allow for us to get a lot of shots on the backside. So what needs to change for game two? Here's DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, that's it. What I just named. Nothing else needs to change. That right there. Nothing else. Rebounding and communicating. So what disappointed you the most in game one for the Suns? Uh, <laughs> what DA just said, really. Um, disappointed slash concerned me the most because if you if you can't it's not all about DeAndre Ayton, but this is a max player. And you don't need DeAndre Ayton to outplay Nikola Jokic. Like, that, that's the key. He doesn't have to be better than Jokic. He just has to be the guy he was two years ago. And he still has plenty of time in the series to do it, but they're they're going to need him to do it. And that, that was the difference watching that game on Saturday. It's not just, hey, if Booker and KD go off, who can stop the Suns? Not in this series. They need DeAndre Ayton, too. No, I am with you on this one right here, honestly. <laughs> D.A. needs to step up and tell the truth about his involvement in the game and why the Phoenix Suns lost. Not just himself, but he needs to be responsible for his part in that. And when I hear him say, we are going to be a completely different team next game, that tells me he recognizes the fact that he didn't do his part. And tell the truth and get better. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, what do the Suns most need to fix in Game 2 versus the Nuggets? Defense, finding bench contributions, limiting turnovers, defensive rebounding, or other? I mean, I think for me, it's it's definitely either defense or defensive rebounding. Those The, the other ones, the, the, the turnovers, okay, I can write that off as a bad game. Kevin Durant doesn't turn the ball over seven times in the game. I'm not, I'm not like, worried that's going to keep happening. And the bench stuff, I don't know that you're going to be able to change at this point. So to me, it's got to be defense or rebounding. So how many people voted or other? Because I'd go other, as Ooh. in DeAndre Ayton. 3%. Wow. Surprised. I'm going to say rebounding because to me that that plays into the defense. That's DA. So 35% say defense, 30% say defensive rebounding, 17% say limiting turnovers, 16% finding bench contributions, and 3% other. So then tonight, the Suns will face the Nuggets in game two. The Suns will win game two against the Nuggets if blank. 
I think there's a, a um, lot of things that, that they don't all have to go right, but a few of them, right? Like, if Jamal Murray doesn't play out of his mind, if Devin Booker does play out of his mind, if they close the rebounding gap, but you know what? As I'm talking, the, the biggest thing, if they can get, if they can close that gap on shot attempts, you can't have Denver shooting 17. That's basically like having 17 extra possessions. It's like, it's like in a football game, the other team gets the ball like four more times or something. So, yeah, to me, it's they get they just have to get more shots up. Okay, uh, for me, the Suns will win this game if their defense is better than Denver's defense. And the fact they let the Denver Nuggets go out and suddenly shut them down and look so much better on the defensive end of the floor than the Suns, they had to take that personally. The 2023 NFL Draft is in the books for the Arizona Cardinals. Here's Cardinals GM Monty Austinfort on how they drafted with position versatility. Yeah, I think so. I, I think we do. I mean, there's whether it's, uh, you know, position versatility is, is always going to be something that we value. Um, so, you know, whether it's John Gaines, who's played multiple positions, um, you know, Cottrell Clark has played inside, outside. Dante Stills has played multiple places along the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, those are things that it's, it's one of those, you know, goes back to the old saying, the more you can do, you know, it's, it, it applies to the football team too. So um, definitely looking looking forward to adding those guys. I want to say, what would, what, how would you grade the Cardinals 2023 draft? But I won't do that for you guys. What was your biggest takeaway from the Cardinals draft? Do you have a favorite pick? I, I will say this. The the Cardinals sent out some of the grades, and Pro Football Focus gave them an A+. And for a second, I thought that was Pro Football Talk. And I was just going <laughs> to lose my mind that Florio went no. off on, on them going to Oklahoma, and they gave them an A+. Um, I like the B.J. Ojolari pick, but my, my, my favorite thing was the stockpiling of next year's picks. That was your favorite? Yes. Okay, for me, my favorite pick... Dante Stills. It's West Virginia. It's West oh, Virginia. I sent you the pride up. of every mountain uh, Dante, what up, bro? <laughs> I'm going to be hunting you down, Dante. You better believe it. Love that pick. This guy, I think, he, he's got a shot. He got a shot to make the team. Did you see who was uh, pick 104 in the draft? Jacorian Bennett. Las uh, Vegas Raiders out of Maryland. Must be a baller. Yeah, I would assume, right? Right, I mean, he can play. You need to get all the 104s together for one big party. You're taking in the top 104. You got a good chance. (laughs) If If you don't make it, that's on you, bro. Keely Ringo dropped all the way to 105. They were talking about him like a first rounder a year ago. How's that feel, Keely? The Arizona Cardinals have a number of decisions to make this offseason about their roster. One is whether or not they will exercise the fifth-year option on linebacker Isaiah Simmons. Here's Austin Fort from Saturday on that situation. Yeah, we have a few more days on that, Darren, and we'll, uh, you know, we got to work through that. We're going to catch our breath here a little bit, um, and then we'll we'll have a decision on that next week. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Should they do it? Wow! Wow! Um, yeah. If- can you imagine? You're, what if they're not decided on what it is they're going to do with Isaiah Simmons? And you know my feelings on this. He has. He's not. He's not showing up to anything though. So he's not making it more likely that they're going to do it. Like somebody do something. I know. You know how? I mean, two months ago I was like, you better get this done. And then you kind of you brought this up, and I and I. I, I, I've certainly incorporated some of this into my thought. You don't necessarily have to do the fifth-year option, but for me, you better keep him beyond this year, whatever that looks like. So, unless, I mean... Look, I was going to say, wait a minute. If look. He's, he's not going to be bad, but 
Yeah, he's he's but... making it tough by not showing up to anything. You got that right. Um, I, this is just me reading the tea leaves right now, ladies and gentlemen, metaphorically speaking, of course. Um, they're not going to pick it up. I don't think they're going That's to. what I think. I don't think they're going to pick it up. And I'd love to see what that does to Isaiah Simmons. But I tell you, and I, I know I said this two months ago. I, I want to see that from I'll him. I'll see it again. If, if, say it again. If he responds well, you better pay him. You're going to have to pay him more if he responds well to not getting that fifth-year option picked up. So if he goes out there and has a monster season, don't be like, well, we're priced out of it now. Yeah. You better go into the season with the thought that you're going to have to pay Isaiah Simmons. I just I, I want to see, does he do that? Does he respond? Oh, you're not going to pick up. Oh, I see. You didn't pick up my option. So now he wants to be a player. Is that is that the kind of guy you want, anyways? Oh, oh, you did pick up my option. Okay, that's great. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play hard. I I, I want to see him upset, and I want to see him play. I want to see him carry that onto the field and be that way on the field. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. Score the hottest ticket in town, Suns Playoff Tickets, by texting TICKET to 620-620. Register and listen for your name this Wednesday during the 7 a.m., noon, and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for tickets. See the Suns take on the Denver Nuggets again. That is TICKET to 620-620. Speaking of the Suns and the Nuggets, what needs to change in Game 2 tonight for the Suns against the Nuggets? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. Did you see that news? Looks like Joel Embiid not going to play game one for Philadelphia. No, I did not see that. That uh, doesn't bode well for the Philadelphia 76ers. That's according to Woj. At least it doesn't seem like he's going to. Unlikely to play in game one against the Celtics tonight. That's what he said. The harbinger of sorrows. Woj. For the 76ers. How often does Woj say something about your team and you're like, great! Like... Woj is a great follow and somebody obviously you have to pay attention to because he, he, he has big news, right? But it's typically if it's about your team, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're a Philly fan. Joel Embiid's not going to play tonight game one against Boston. Okay, then. Um, this, uh, this, well, okay, then, huh? Hey, hey, by the way, Wolf, it is 12-19 and you have not lost a tooth during the show. No, but this is the hour I predicted That's right true, here. you did. So if I pop a pee... Really, really loud. And if I, I don't know, use a f word once again, I'm like Florida basin onions. Get your head out of the Philadelphia, the gutter, please. Philadelphia has two. F um, I'm too. not a profane man by any stretch of the imagination ever. Okay, so get your head out of the gutter. But what what if I were to say Florida Panthers? <laughs> Florida Panthers. A lot of people are saying that. My today. tooth might fly out of my mouth, Basin Onions, because I've got a crown that is floating right now. I'm going after the show to actually get it fixed. I was going to say, well, you should explain that you, you, this is not like a standard procedure for you, that by the time the third hour of the show rolls around, you just start losing teeth. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe it will be, but it's that's more of a treadmill thing for you, right? Just uh, what a great story that is. Just your teeth flying out of your mouth, literally, as you're broadcasting. Uh, Everybody has different definitions of fun. Okay, for the Suns tonight, 
Things that need to change. Well, here, let's see. I have a list of them. Uh, better rebounding. Uh, let's see. Defense needs to be better. Uh, the bench. It would be nice if the, some of the bench showed up to uh, produce, produce some offense or make some plays, too. Uh, maybe get more three-point shots off, just in general. Maybe slow down Jamal Murray. Maybe how, DeAndre Ayton better. How about uh, Devin Booker actually plays better than their two-guard? How about that? Yeah. Is that a challenge right there? You want to bring that down? So much of the time when Devin Booker plays well, the Suns win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least in the postseason. Well, yeah, that. and that's there's there's two sides to that, right? On the one hand, that's great because you can you can tell as a Suns fan, you can tell by the first quarter in a lot of a lot of these games where Booker's just going to go off like he's going off tonight, and there's not anything the other team can do about it. And generally speaking, you're right; they win those games now. Uh, but the flip side of that is against Denver, it almost feels like he's going to have to go off for them to win some of these games because I don't think Jamal Murray is going to play the way he played on Saturday every game this series, but he is really good in the playoffs. And there was that stat. Uh, Bickley Murata had somebody on from our station in Denver. I didn't catch the name because I, I caught halfway through the interview. But how about this stat, Wolf? He threw out there that Jamal Murray scores 40 points in a game. In the regular season, about one out of every hundred games, okay? In the playoffs for his career, he does it one out of every seven. Jamal Murray is absolutely a player who is better in the playoffs. Yeah, no, that is is a great observation right there. Unless you're playing against the Denver Nuggets, you don't want to make that observation for the most part. When, When it comes to players that were better than the Suns players, you have to start with Jamal Murray. You have to start there. He went off. In that second half, what twenty points? He had twenty points. It, it in the felt second like half? he had fifty points. In the, I mean, again, <laughs> he had five more points than KD. That was not KD's best game, and it felt exactly. like it was Jamal Murray's. But I know Jamal Murray's had fifty points before. But I'm just saying that, like the the feel of the game, it, it felt like that was his best game ever. He quote only had thirty four points. Yeah, I scored thirty four points. But the most discouraging thing was the Suns had no answer for him. Yeah. You know, Tory Craig, Tory Craig, I think, was the most effective. And oh, by the way, go back and look at the tape. It wasn't like Tory Craig was playing bad defense. He was not. He was on him. He was playing hard. And yet it didn't matter. Jamal Murray, once he got the ball, he was going to dribble around a little bit and all of a sudden hit a turnaround, turnaround jumper. Just hit it mid range. Whether it was a three, whatever it was, he was going to hit the shot, and you could have somebody in his face. That was the most discouraging thing about it. Well, and and that, again, bigger picture of when you are a team that is built the way the Suns are now built, where you are really built around, let's say, four guys, especially two at the top. But when you're you're going to be built like that, and you're going to play a team like Denver in a seven-game series, and Denver's got star power in Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, they both showed up. For game uh, for game one in a big way, your stars have to show up too yes. across the board. And, and again, I, I you have to include Da in that. Da's got to be a star in this series. He does. And yeah, he can so be. does so does Book. Book's Book got to be the guy as well. And you know, you know, here's the great thing about it, Basin Onions. You know who'd be the first guy to tell you that? Devin Booker. Well, here's Devin Booker talking about if the Suns' problems from game one are correctable. Yeah, I always believe in us. You know, we've been a good team all year, you know, digesting the game, seeing what went on and, you know, learning from it and, and making those corrections. Um, 
but you know we know they're gonna come with the next game too. So just be prepared for them to you know come out and play like they did tonight. Yeah, here's Kevin Durant too on on correcting game one problems. Well, just playing harder, just playing more disciplined um, on both ends of the floor. I think around this time, the fundamentals are the most important part of the team and as an individual player. So if you can uh, play to your fundamentals as much as possible, you give yourself a good chance to win. So. I know that sounds simple and basic, but that's really what basketball is. So you got to you got to stick to that. Did you say rebounding is fundamental? Uh, yeah, probably the most fundamental. What would you say protecting the ball is fundamental? Yes, <laughs> I'll answer for you. I'm not worried about yes. the turnover so much. Maybe I should be, but that that was a little out of character. But what he's saying is so spot on. It is it is about fixing the fundamentals. It's it's the base, the foundation of who you are. You have to fix that and start there. I love that. You've got to tell the truth about what it is that you've got to go out and do better at. You have to tell the truth and be accountable. And that's KD. This is where Kevin Durant could come in and be very valuable for the Phoenix Suns. Not only could he go out there and have 38 points tonight, right? But it's it's this. It's, it's the time between... When game one ended and game two starts, where he can he can put experience out there that nobody else in the series has for either team. You know, like Chris Paul's seen everything in the NBA. All due respect to Chris Paul, he hasn't seen it all and then been to the top of the mountain. There's nothing anybody can throw at Kevin Durant that he hasn't seen. And oh, by the way, he's won the championship twice. And he's been finals MVP twice. And so he's not going to get rattled, most likely, between games. And so if there was any sort of like, hey, what just happened, man? We look really bad and Denver looked really good. And are we overmatched? Are we, or, you know, Kevin Durant's going to calm that down. That doesn't guarantee wins, but that's a that's an important element that, quite honestly, they clearly did not have between mm-hmm. games four and six and seven last year against the Dallas Mavericks because when things started to go bad, they never got better. The exception of that really weird game five where they blew Dallas out and then somehow still never... <laughs> that was odd. You had to bring that up. Well, just, you had to bring that memory up right now. But that, you see why, we, we though, We still right? don't know what happened. No, okay. we're never going to know, right. by the way. Did you see Jay Crowder at the end of the Milwaukee series where he's like, I don't know why I'm here? I Seriously. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of the biggest mysteries in NBA history, whatever happened. Uh, all right. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, kind of got into this. We're going to get deeper into it. The Suns have to have big games from Devin Booker to win games in this series. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns nuggets now. I'm going to throw this stat out here, Wolf. I was just showing you during the break, courtesy of Stat Muse. This is just all sports. Each of the leagues, okay, so Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, and that's because of what happened in the NHL last night that this is even coming up. But the team that has the, the record for best record all time in the regular season, yeah. none of them won the title that year. None of them. The the Warriors when they won seventy three games, the Patriots when they were sixteen and zero, the Mariners when they won one hundred sixteen games. Obviously, the Boston Bruins in the NHL that were sixty five twelve and five. They lost last night. Not one team in our four major sports that has had the that holds the record for best record ever won the title that year. I'm so disappointed too that it was the Bruins. <laughs> you don't sound disappointed as a Buffalo Saber fan. You better believe it. How's that feel, Boston? All right, back to basketball. And 
and Devin Booker specifically. I, I teased it this way going to the break, and then we got to the commercial, and I was like, I don't know why I teased it that way. Yeah. Do the do the Phoenix Suns need Devin Booker to play well to win games? Yeah, they do. Um, that wasn't what I was trying to say. So let me re- rephrase it this okay, way. Great. Okay, let me let me overemphasize it. Does Devin Booker have to play out of his mind for the Suns to win games in the series? Because that is kind of what it felt like in Game One. Coupled with the fact that he had two monster games in wins against the Clippers, that if he doesn't have those monster games, maybe that series goes longer than it should. I'm not saying Devin Booker's got to score 47 points four times for the Suns to win the series, but I mean, he had 27 points on Saturday, and and everybody's looking at it like, okay, that was a bad game from Book. Yeah, he had 27 points. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right about that. But it seems like there may be a there may be a threshold he needs to reach in order for this team to win games, and it seems to be 30. <laughs> the number is 30 because if you look at the playoff games that the Suns have played right now, they lost the first game of the Clippers series, of course. He scored 26. Then game two, 38. Game three, 45. Game four, 30. And game five, 47. So he went ahead and he scored 30 points or more in all of those. And then, of course, game one against Denver, he scores 27. So maybe Devin Booker has got to look for a shot a little bit more. Yeah, they well, they... I don't know that they're going to beat Denver a lot unless he has monster games. And that's like that's not as concerning to me or worrisome as they need D.A. to to play a lot better because I feel like Booker is going to have monster games. In fact, Wolf, let's play around right now of Kevin or Devin. No, no. It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. All right, the game is simple. Who is going to have more points tonight between Kevin Durant and Devin Booker? I believe we were all wrong in game one, weren't we? I think we all took Devin. No, I mean, I took Kevin and uh, so did Wolf. So we were all wrong. In so you were one. just trying to say that. Yes. Okay, great. We're all the wrong. We all took a right there. Of course, what's our record now, Mal, by the way? So you're three and two. Thank you. I'm four and one. Okay. <laughs> Luke is two and three. And Jesse's one and four. Okay. I don't know why I'm even playing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, I think I've already lost. Rick, suck it up. You got this. As a matter of fact, Rick, we're going to start with you All right. on this Rick, one you're right going to pick here. first. Maybe this has been the issue. You need to pick first. Devin Booker. That really, Again. Okay. Devin might, Booker. Might sway my pick now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling so good about it, and then Rick was so emphatic. All right, Wolf, your turn. We're going alphabetical um, order. First R, then W. <laughs> okay, Basinonians, right now, um, Devin Booker he knows what he's got to do. He knows he's got to he's got to go off. He's got to play better than Jamal Murray. I think Devin Booker accepts that responsibility in Game Two and goes off and looks for his shot a lot more than just 19 times, like he did in Game One. 10 of 19, of course, only took one three-point attempt in that game. I, I think Book is going to go off tonight because he knows he must. 
and he expects that out of himself as well. Isn't that right, Jamal Murray? Devin Booker is who I'm going to take in Kevin or Devin. Yeah. You know, Nuggets fans believe Jamal Murray's the better player of the two between Murray and Devin Booker. Yeah. Uh, I do not. But in game one, Jamal Murray had the better game. And to me, that is the challenge laid out there for everybody to see on national TV that uh, Devin Booker, I believe, will answer. And I will say this. If the answer tonight is not Devin Booker, we may have problems coming in here tomorrow for the Phoenix Suns. So I also will take Devin. Aaron? Let's just do a clean sweep. I want Devin, too. All right. Mm. It makes me feel better. I thought Maloney was going to be like, clearly the answer is KD, and then I was going to have to change my answer. Right. This for all the reasons me. I said, Mel. <laughs> for all that and more, Wolf. <laughs> this doesn't make me feel good because I picked Devin, and now we've all picked Devin. So yeah. I think we're just automatically all going to lose because, again, I, I don't win in this game. No, nah, we'll, we're all going to win this time, but the problem for you, Rick, is you're not going to make up any ground if we're all picking the same ones. Yeah. You need to pick Shamit next time. We'll give you two bonus points if he's right. <laughs> oh, man. All right, that was a round of Kevin or Devin right there. It's been much tougher in the playoffs. You know, when we were doing the regular season, I was just cruising. I think I was perfect. Wasn't I perfect? Yeah, you were. No, I wasn't. I missed a couple, but I was a lot better than this trash I've been putting out there in the I playoffs. I can't say the P word perfect. I no, can't, you can't. I, my you can't tooth even... might fly right out of my mouth. <laughs> what a mess of a show I are we? I can feel it right now, honestly. <laughs> it's moving all over the place. It's floating. I, I, There's no, it's not glued in. It's not secured. I've got a crown base. It means I'm getting ready to lose. Did you at least bring a belt today? It's just so cool. You have Fly your belt. out of my mouth. Seriously. You have your belt, but not your tooth. Is that that's yeah, where we are? No, yeah, but that's better than okay. Of course I am. So now, now that you've experienced this both ways, last week yeah. you were walking around here like you were lost without a belt. Or would you rather have your belt or your tooth? Yeah, I'd rather have my belt on, okay. to tell you the truth. <laughs> um, you know, can I just say, too, this is the kind of responsibility that I think Book loves. This is this is exactly what I think makes him tick. The last time we all picked Devin Booker in this game on this show, he put up forty-seven. Because it when when to your point, when it is like when it's clear, okay, this is Devin Booker's chance to make a statement. He tends to make those statements. It's one of the reasons why, well, in a in a closeout game, right, in yep. an elimination game, suddenly there's D Book going off because he knows what's at stake. I'm thinking game two tonight, again, he knows what's at stake and what he's got to do. Book smolders when he competes and accepts the responsibility. This is what I love. Great players do this. They accept the responsibility of going out and being great. KD, the greatness of KD is the fact he doesn't even try to be great. And he is. <laughs> yeah. He's going to score. He scores 30 easier than any human being I've ever seen. It's stunning to watch him play. The, That's who he is. Saturday, that was on display. It, KD was great at the beginning of that game when the Suns were struggling. He was he was a monster. 15 in the first quarter. Yeah. And if, if not for the turnovers, he still had a pretty good game. But he did have seven turnovers. But... Watching that game on Saturday, anybody that just watched it, you never looked at the stats, but you just watched the game. Didn't it feel like Jamal Murray had like 20 more points than KD? Yeah. He had five more. Right. 
Five more. KD kind of just walking through the game, what? having an off day, and Jamal Murray looking like he was playing the game of his mind, and there was a five-point difference. So KD's going to give you 30, 29, 28, 32, whatever. He's going to be in that range every night. Yeah, he's going to shoot almost 60%. I'm 12 of 19. Again, from the floor. The guy rarely misses. When we come back, we'll get back to football because tomorrow is a potentially big day for the Arizona Cardinals. It's your last chance to pick up Isaiah Simmons' fifth-year option. So are they doing that? And also, may as well throw this in too, Wolf. Kind of a cryptic update from DeAndre Hopkins. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, before we get into the Isaiah Simmons conversation, Wolf, it's been a few days. Yeah. Can you explain to me how the Philadelphia Eagles, who went to the Super Bowl last year, came out of the first round with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith? How did that happen? <laughs> Seriously. They had, yeah, you know, they had some great picks right there. Top 10, right? Well, Carter at 9, Nolan Smith fell to them at 30. Like, that's absurd. That was a guy that was supposed to be going like 10, 11, or 12. And, yeah, all of a sudden he's just, oh, oh, the Eagles will take him. Like, cool, just who who needs him, the Eagles. You know what I love about it, though? It shows so much of their personality and who they are. They're about defense. They're about the line of scrimmage. They have the best offensive line in the National Football League. And they lost Hargrave, right? They lost him. So now, all of a sudden, they're saying, um... Hey, we need to replace him. There's Jalen Carter, and they take him. And now we'll we'll have a front row seat to watch us. But it shows how much they value the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball. Just feels like all the best defensive players keep going to San Francisco or Philadelphia. And again, Carter and, and Nolan Smith, you got to see what they do at the NFL level. But Nolan Smith is one of the freaks in your freak show, wasn't he? He was. He was. Yes, a lot of people were looking was. at him as maybe a he top fifteen pick. Um, and somehow both those guys end up on Philadelphia in the first round. Plus Keely Ringo, who I do like. They got him at 105. Okay, to the Cardinals. This is DeAndre Hopkins from his own Instagram account today. So make of it what you will. Okay, it's uh, it, the video is from Phoenix. He's in Phoenix, or at least that's how he was able to tag it. So this is what he had to say. I see everybody tell me to stay. Who said I want to go? Who said I wanted to leave? I'm out here working, right? That's up. So it started, in case you couldn't hear it, because he had music in the background, with, I see everybody asking me to stay. Who said I want to leave? Okay. Okay. All right, D-Hop. I mean... <laughs> okay, could we tell where he was? When Phoenix. Actually, yeah, okay, in Phoenix? Okay, um, it seemed like that, it, okay. I don't so think there, it was the Cardinals facility, but okay. it did look like the Cardinals facility when he turned the camera at the very end. Even if it was at the Cardinals facility or not, um, what are the odds right now that DeAndre Hopkins is going to stay and actually play as an Arizona Cardinal this season? I don't believe he's going to be here. I don't, whether he was there or not. I don't believe it. Now, again, we'll have to wait and see. And if he is, that tells me, oh, that tells me a lot. That tells me that he might be willing to say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to practice. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to practice because there's no way in the world you're going to have him come back and he's not going to practice. You're not going to, 
You're not going to change that culture? Of course you are, right? If he, No, you're right. You're right. If he stays, I, I want to know who talked to him. You know what I mean? In, in, yeah. in a good way. Because if... What an awesome thing that would be if he stayed. Because oh. if, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, and maybe you just love the city of Phoenix. You know, we've seen a lot of people just, they, even when they retire, they just hang out here. J.J. Watt acts like he's lived here his whole life. You know I, mean? <laughs> I don't think he's going anywhere. It's a hard place. It gets into your blood, doesn't it? Does. It, not, my it, brothers. it, it does. Um, even though I did see a scorpion. Literally. Yeah, that's, that's enough to get you right back out of here. Okay. But there seems to be at least a possibility, I'll say this, that... Couldn't you see Monty Austin for it last week at the draft? Okay, we're not trading. We're not trading DeAndre Hopkins. That's and, what and, he may, said too. And, and maybe maybe he and DeAndre Hopkins sit down and it's like, hey, look, man, I know you want to get traded. We're not getting the offers we want. I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and say we're not trading you. If you want to go ahead and in your own way put out there that you you're not like demanding to be out of here, yeah. that's only gonna drive the value up and help both of us. So I'm still thinking that's what this is. But if somebody was able to talk DeAndre Hopkins into staying here when he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring and they're not going to win one next year, and to your point, it might even be like, hey, we need you to practice on Wednesdays, too, to set an example. If they were able to do that, I know. sold. I'd rather have that. And I want to know who did it because that person deserves a promotion. Exactly. No, it's had a possibility right there. It is. Do I still think he's going to be traded? Yes. I do, too. <laughs> I would put it at, like, 95.5. A week ago, I would have put it at 100.0. I... I... When we were playing Monty, remember, we, what was that from, Mel? What was that from was, where we were playing Monty Austin Ford? Draft night. Was it draft night that yeah. we were playing him right there where he was talking about, no way, no way are we going to trade him? Um, what did I say at the time? Obfuscation. You did. <laughs> There's no way. Boy, my teeth, my tooth didn't fly out there. Obfuscation. <laughs> There's no way to go through Just life. Just say how difficult that is to say that without a tooth flying out that is floating around your mouth. Obfuscation. Um, I thought for sure Monty was was talking about that in, in, in a way he was sending a message to whomever he was talking to on the phone. We're not going to try. Are you kidding me? We're not going to take your fourth round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just telling you right now. And I'll tell the media, oh, yeah, no, we're not going to trade him. He's going to, he's an Arizona Cardinal. I'll tell the media that. Okay. To send you the message. It carries a little more weight because this is lying season, right? When GMs and coaches just lie. Well, now all of a sudden the season seems to be over, right? Well, yeah, but okay. So if DeAndre Hopkins, and it's not like, it's not like a team video. Hey, guys, I want to stay here. It's not that. This is him <laughs> on his own Instagram saying, who said I want to leave? Yeah. So this I, is a little more weight, but I still think he's getting traded. I, I do. I, I think he's getting traded, but um, I love it. I love the fact that, what are you telling me? There's a possibility. Hop be okay if he actually stayed here. Um, okay. Um, that's fine with me. I don't think that's going to be the case in any way. So I still think he's traded, but we'll see. If Kyler Murray could somehow come back, I can't believe I'm talking myself into this, but it's just going to make me angry. If Kyler Murray could somehow come back by like week three and you've added to the offensive line and if you didn't lose DeAndre Hopkins, that's not a bad offense. No. But the problem is then this goes back to my original point at the start of the offseason. 
keep your defense together, and they didn't do that. So I still don't know that you could really win a whole lot this year. Uh, the other part of this, and speaking of keeping your defense together, this is Monty Austinfort on Saturday talking about Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, we have a few more days on that, Darren, and we'll, uh, you know, we got to work through that. We're going to catch our breath here a little bit, um, and then we'll we'll have a decision on that next week. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that. They have till tomorrow to make that decision on Isaiah Simmons, the fifth-year option. It doesn't mean he's gone if you don't pick it up, but it means he's a free agent at the end of this upcoming season. So in theory, if he has a really good season, he's going to get a lot of money thrown at him by other teams. And if he doesn't, then that's even worse. Yes. Um, Isaiah Simmons right now as to whether or not you're going to pay. Are you picking that up? Are you going to pick that up? Because 100% was going to, and then he stopped showing up to stuff. So my first choice would be let him play out the season. Yeah. And if he shows signs of being the guy I think he is, I'll just pay him in, during the season. But there's risk there. There I'm, is risk there. Why? What What would be one of the possibilities? But if he plays really well and you're like, hey, okay, we're going to make you that offer. And he's like, sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm going to test the waters. Yeah. You, you, you're, you may not get him back. I probably still would pick him up because I think it's important that you have a piece like that to build around, but he has been inconsistent. I, I would have liked it if he was showing up to this stuff and being like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove everybody I deserve this money. Yes. I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. You know I've been all in on Isaiah Simmons for like three years now. I, I love Isaiah Simmons. I really do. I respect his talent. Um, I, I just, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, okay, if suddenly you don't pick up his fifth-year option and that motivates him, is that the kind of dude you want to begin with inside your locker room? And, and I'm and I'm not saying Isaiah is, is like this. I'm not. But all of a sudden, if he's he's got a chip in his heart because you didn't pick up his fifth year option, dude, what are you doing? But but maybe uh, were were you not playing that hard in all the other years that you've been here? I, the three I, years I you've see, been here, I see what you're saying, like in theory. But if that were to play out with Simmons, could you not also say? Maybe he's just finding his way under Nick Rollis and Jonathan Gannon, or maybe this is just the next step in his development. Sure. Because we've seen him make crazy good plays. It's just he's not doing it consistently. Yeah, he's he's not doing it consistently. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it, boy, that is a... I don't want him playing is, somewhere know, else in two years. Basinonians, as soon as I hear Luke say that, and I agree with what he said, what a blight that is. Uh Inside a locker room, to me, you have to be consistent. You know, there are consistently good players, and there's consistently great players, and there's consistently meh players or poor players. And those guys typically aren't there long. But there are consistently meh players. Is that... You know, once again... Um, he's not that, though. He's made game-changing plays on multiple occasions. Literally game-changing plays. Okay. Forcing fumbles or turnovers okay. that lead directly and, to... And, and I would agree with you. He has made plays like that. To On what kind of consistency level no, he, has he done he that? He has not done it. But, like, I don't want to drag DA into this. But with DA, it's more of a like, okay, he could do it, but then he doesn't, but then he could. I feel like Simmons is still developing. I mean, Simmons basically didn't play his first year, yeah. which is partially on him. Yeah, but I, I know. He's made big play. I mean, 
two years ago, he had 105 tackles. It's not like he wasn't doing anything. When he hits was, guys, you hear it. Here would be the only way I'd be interested in this. You take Isaiah Simmons and you stick him on the edge. You stick him on the edge, and you got Nick Rollis, and you got Jonathan Gannon, the guys that took Hassan Reddick and turned him into the player that he is today, mm-hmm. right now. Those two guys, they take him, they try to do the exact same thing with Isaiah Simmons. Stick him on the edge. Leave him there. Leave him alone. Tell him, this is what you're going to have to do. These are the things you need to do in order to be good, to be a good edge player in the National Football League. Challenge him. Don't pick up his option and see what he does. See, that's the other part of it, too. They've moved him around so much. Not these guys, but they've moved him around so much that if they did that and he responded well, in that case, I wouldn't look at it and be like, I don't want this guy because this is what it takes to motivate him. Exactly. I, I see, think that it's a would, different case. That would tell me. See, that's why I said that. Okay. If you left him there, that would tell leave me. Leave him in one spot oh, and let him play. Now he's found his home. Finally, he's found his home. Pick up his option. Then you're going to have to pay up for him at that point. It's going to be too late to pick up his option, yeah, but so you then can't you to pay him. Alright, we come back. Final hour of the show actually already coming up. How did the Suns match Denver's intensity tonight? Because that was a big difference in game one. And how crucial is that to a win? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.